Welcome to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Podcast with your hosts, Tom Swiddle, Tom Yashinsky, and Paul Navinsky. Now let's join the guys. Hello and welcome to Episode 7 of Season 2 of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Podcast. I'm Tom Swiddle, Head Football Coach at Wauwatosa East and Past President of the WFCA. I am joined by my co-host, Tom Yashinsky, head coach at Onalaska and WFCA Northern Vice President, and Paul Navinsky, former coach at Mosinee and a WFCA Hall of Famer. Gentlemen, I, I hope all is well, and it's, it's great to get back with you as we continue to discuss the uh, competitive balance and newly implemented tournament performance factor by the WIAA. We are not going to go back and describe what this is. If you are unfamiliar with the tournament performance factor, I suggest in competitive balance, I suggest you go back to season one, episode 12, where we discussed that at length. Um, you may also want to listen to our last podcast, episode six of season two, where we summarized it in a Reader's Digest version. I must say Tom Lee of Lacrosse Aquinas, our guest uh, last week, was very gracious regarding his move from division five to division four. Um, of course, when you've won three straight state championships, what else can you what else can you say? You've conquered everything you can conquer in Division Five, and Aquinas did not appeal their placement. But this is just something I want to ask, uh, you know, Paul and and Tom. You know, it strikes me that I have gotten very little feedback um, from this topic from people. Normally, we've discussed some things, and and people have reached out to me with opinions or or whatever, um, there just hasn't been a lot of that for me. Um, I'm guessing it's because it affects so few schools that for the vast majority of, of coaches out there, regardless of what sport you're in, and I understand only the fall sports have, have so far been uh, put into this thing, but um, you know, if it doesn't affect you, you probably don't have an opinion or could even care one way or the other. And when you look at it, um, you know, what do I, there's probably less than 10 schools that were moved up in football. I can think of eight and I might not have all of them, but let's say there's as many as 10. Um, you know, that's only about 2% of the 400 schools or so that uh, play football, you know, so I'm just wondering if you guys have had anybody reach out to you with strong opinions one way or the other, Tom. Yeah, it definitely. So I, I've put out a couple of surveys this offseason um, just for things that that are trying to get guys, um, allow people to see what everybody else is working with uh, in terms of football. And I always have a comment for other that maybe they want us to look at in terms of WFCA, whatnot. Uh, and this is a topic that has been one that has popped up on those surveys from teams uh, people saying we need to relook at this. We need to talk about this. This is this is not good for football. So uh, maybe not direct conversations with people, but definitely people who have said this is something that uh, you know. And and obviously it's coming from teams that were moved up, um, but people that definitely are not in favor of of what's going on with it. Paul, how about you? Well, I, I think it really comes down. This is more of a small school, private school issue. I think that's kind of one of the things that's factors. I don't see, obviously, none of the Division One schools are affected, and there was only, I think, one Division Two school affected by it. This is more of a Division Six 
five, four type of issue. And my conversation with people has been, it's really about the private schools, about some of the factors that they have. And so that's where the thing, but much like Tom was saying, a lot of people are saying, okay, it started. Now, how can we refine it? How can we make the process better um, and actually create more of a balanced competition? Because they, they want to see this extended a little bit with conferences, not just playoffs, things like that. Yeah. And um, again, because nobody has personally reached out to me um, since we've talked to uh, Tom Lee, it doesn't mean it's, it's not on some people's minds, but um, you know, we, we've covered other things here that certainly have generated a lot more um, discussion. I personally, I, I, I agree with you, Paul, in a sense that I, I think there's some holes in this thing. And I think it does need to be refined. And I some things need to be rethought. But, you know, the WIAA, how they operate and the way they work, things are so stacked against making change. You know, once a decision is made, it's so difficult to to make a change and and that could be a topic for a podcast on some other on some <laughs> other night um it'll be interesting to see if our guest tonight um brings up any of the things that i think need to be refined with this so our, our guest tonight is scott hilber head football coach at mayville high school uh, scott thank you for joining us well i appreciate you having me it's my honor coach i'd like to begin by asking you what it's like to coach at a school that your that your dad, your legendary dad and Hall of Fame coach Alex coached at. Um, I mean, the the cliche response would be surreal, but I think that's real in and in itself. Um, this wasn't really anything I ever really planned on doing or ever dreamt of, but opportunity presented itself for me to get home, and and the jobs kind of fell into me. Uh, Tom Nenig. Um, I was helping him out. He's a Hall of Famer this year, and he asked me to take over for him, and um, the timing was right for me, and I did it. And uh, I just one of those things, it's like uh, you might have your own plans, but God has other plans for you. And I just went along with it and found myself in a pretty fortunate situation, and I, I feel blessed every day. I'm assuming that, that you went to Mayville and played for your dad, correct? Sure, yep. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that's got to be a thrill. And, you know, full disclosure here, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I have some uh, um, family from Mayville. My mom was born there and, and all my aunts and uncles, my grandma and grandpa, uh, longtime Mayville residents. I spent a good portion of my life, um, you know, going to Mayville. The Bakuber family, if I'm correct. Pardon me? Is it the Bakuber family? The Bakuber family, yes, yes. Um, in fact, I, I saw you a couple years ago when my grandfather went into the Mayville Athletic Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, so I just I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Mayville. And it's I've always deemed it, you know, a place that I think is a great place to grow up and live. Now, Scott, you've already heard me say that uh, how gracious Tom Lee was last time on the podcast on Aquinas's move. Uh, how gracious are you with this move to Division Four? Um, I, I mean, I just want to first say I, I'm really thankful for the people on the committee who put the time and effort into doing this. I do believe there needed to be change. Um, you know, the debate, and Paul, you know, alluded to it earlier when he said this is really about private school things. And not everyone's going to admit that, but it really does come down to private schools in in the small school divisions. And I think 
I mean, it's even bigger in basketball than it would be in football. You know, that's my opinion. Um, and people ask for change all the time and they say, do comparisons with other states and let's do something to fix it. I'm not saying that I agree with other states. Um, you know, this is the solution that our committee came up with. And, and I supported the change. Um, I do think that there needs to be some tweaking in it. Um, my other position, in addition to being a football coach, is an athletic director. And yeah. I had the pleasure of being at a WIA regional meeting before this was all passed. And I, I made my opinion there that I think the point total is too low. Um, I think there needs to be some other parameters that need to be added and to make it perfect. But, you know, I think that's – that's for many discussions to be had. Yeah. You know, um, you look at the formula and, and you had two straight years in which you were the, the runners up at state, uh, in 2021 uh, and, and 2022. Um, so, you know, by virtue of that, you, you know, you, you've moved up, you, the turn of performance factor kicks in, but last year you, you guys had a five and six record. You were, um, eliminated in level two. Congratulations. I mean, it's still, you know, a great year um, in many respects. But one of the holes that I've seen in this is um, the fact that, you know, you could have a really good run of, of players and you just have it together for, you know, three or four years. And, you know, maintaining that is, is something entirely different. Now, there's some schools that just maintain it all the time but as you look at your situation right now and and you know given you know that that group of guys that you won a lot of games with are gone um you know what's your feeling now about moving up to division four do you do you see this as being a even bigger challenge given what you currently have in your school well naturally yeah i mean you're going to be moving up I mean, the bottom line is <clears throat> the top teams from Division Five are going up Division Four. Top teams from Four are moving up, and you're still going to get a lot of top teams from Six going to Five. Um, so, I mean, you pick your poison. You're still going to have really quality kids, you know, quality teams in, in the top five percent of your division. Um, you know, for ourselves, it, it really does come down to year to year in terms of how competitive it might be. I think back to my previous job when I was at Columbus and we went undefeated heading into the playoffs. And during the last week we got knocked down from four to five and, and five, I think may have been the more competitive division that year, but you know, that's, that's not the norm. And in this case, you're playing against bigger schools and bigger schools means they have a bigger talent pool. And that's not to our benefit. We're a school that continues to experience decline in enrollment. And that trend is going to continue moving forward. So it's it's a challenge, you know, for us to to sustain a high level of competitiveness. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes you just get bad breaks. Sometimes you just get a small class coming through, which is our situation. My my bigger issue in this regard is just that <clears throat> there's a buildup factor, and and my my heart really goes out to the programs that you know you you, you don't build Rome in a day. It takes time. And the fact that there could be a team out there who could legitimately have three seasons in a row, not even make it to the state championship and still get moved up. And to me, I think that's, that's really unfortunate. 
Yeah, and that's something that that Tom um, brought up uh, in an earlier podcast, and maybe we'll go back to Tom and he can comment on that. But Paul, you had your your hand up there. Yeah, Scott, you allude to it. One of the factors I see is declining enrollment, especially in a small school, because some of these schools may, and it happens, they may lose 10% of their population, even though they had a great class come through, and they might have had a large class come through, but all of a sudden now they've got a small class come through that's not super athletic, and now it's a double whammy because it's a small class, not that athletic, and now they're playing up a division. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It just kind of seems like you're you're getting pulled in two different directions, and they're both negative. Tom, do you want to expand on on what you said uh, last time regarding, you know, Scott mentioned, um, yeah, what you had talked about. Yeah, I that's the I think that's Scott and I talked at state, and I think it's one of the 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 big complaints of a lot of people is is there is the potential that somebody could play three straight years of never making it to a state tournament in football uh, and, and still get moved up. Um, and I think that's a, a shame if the, if the, the intent of the, um, of the committee was to try and I don't, I don't want to say not punish is the wrong word, but, it, but want to move around some dominant teams to try and, balance the competitiveness or to give other people a chance. Uh, dominant doesn't mean one state title. I don't think dominant doesn't mean making it to level Thor. I, I see dominant as a string of three titles in five years or, you know, or, or, or uh, you know, putting together multiple championship runs. I, I, and I'm going to use a private school, for example, but like we saw of Catholic Memorial in 17, 18, 19, you know, where they were going to camp Randall and, and, really beating teams that while they're the same size really weren't the same makeup uh, as what they were playing with. Um, I think that's more what the intent should be not taking a team who never hoisted a gold ball and moving them to a different division. And, and the, the devil's advocate of it is, is that it's only one year, right? In a lot of cases, you're only going to be moved up one year, then you're back down. But that's still taking that senior group and moving them up and, and taking maybe their best opportunity for success away from them. And, and that's not always fair for those kids either. Paul? You know, when we initially did the first podcast and we had Mr. Sins on here, you know, one of the factors that we talked about that I don't think was totally incorporated committee is what's your free and reduced lunch? What's what what are those factors that could all determine some of these things? where Tom was saying, what are apples to apples? And right now, I don't know if we're doing apples to apples because you know some schools, and I'm not trying to be offensive, but I don't think Kimberly has, I don't think they record their free and reduced lunch because I don't think they have. I think it's zero. Where you go to some schools that are division one, their free and reduced lunch might be 40%. You go in the Milwaukee area, Tom, and you're gonna see a different makeup of, of, of schools. And, and I don't know how you would factor that in. Obviously this point system is a little different, but that doesn't really take all this into account. I agree. I mean, there's, there's a lot of factors that um, aren't taken into account. And, and as far as free and reduced lunch goes, you know, all those years I spent at Wauwatosa East and I can <clears> tell <throat> you the number we had, like what we were 
I don't know, credited for for free and, and reduced lunch wasn't the total number. I mean, we had families that could have qualified that were too prideful to go on that, you know, so it's that isn't even necessarily, you know, a, a true factor. Tom? Yeah. So I'm going to I'll give you the numbers, Paul. I looked it up. Kimberly's at 13.2 percent. Just 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 to just for clarity. So everybody's we're, we're not throwing out stuff that's, yeah. uh, you know, we're being factual. But but you're right, Tom. Like you have to actually fill out the paperwork in order to qualify for that. So families very much so can be on there with or can could be at a level which would qualify. But if they don't fill out the paperwork, it doesn't get recorded and your your numbers aren't always representative of what actually is going on in your community. And talking about numbers. All right, Scott, I'm going to throw some numbers at you. All right. Okay. 375. What is that? That's our enrollment. That's your enrollment. Now, the lowest enrollment in Division Four last year was 432. Mm -hmm. The highest enrollment in Division Four was 655. So the teams that qualified for the playoffs, if what I found today online was accurate and correct, and I believe it was, you know, there's a potential that you could play a school that is almost 300 students bigger than you. Correct. And I think, and, and Paul hit on it, you know, like it's a small school thing, but at the same time, to me, the two divisions that have maybe the greatest disparity of, of in terms of numbers are certainly division three. I mean, that, that is really a wide, wide area. And you could even argue that division four is that way, because I would think that a hundred kids at a school, the size of like 500, if you're playing somebody that's a hundred students bigger, that, that's pretty big. Right. Scott, your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, I a school that I pick out is Lodi. I believe they've, I believe they may have fit the category. I'm not entirely sure, but you're looking at a school like like them, and they're between 400 to 500, you know, students. They could be playing teams that are legit over twice their size. Um, and in a lot of sports, that that may not seem like a big deal, but in football, it really is. I mean, you think about the number of kids that you're pulling out, um, the number of athletes that you can have that can play both ways. Um, versus going one way and, uh, you know, the disadvantage that puts you at. I mean, that's real. That's real in football. And as a result of that, you open yourself up to injuries. And, you know, I don't want to make it sound like I'm out here, you know, crying for ourselves. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I I feel honored to be one of about 12 teams that's getting moved up. I mean, that's – I mean, I tell, I tell our kids, I said, you guys should wear that with a badge of honor. You know, um, that means that we've had some success and we've done some things right. Um, but at the same time, you know, this day and age, everyone always talks. The reason why we do things is for the safety of individuals. And I think, you know, someone could really legit make the argument, you know, if you're playing a school that's twice the size of you and they got twice the number of kids that they can draw from, you know, you're going to have one team that has 13 kids starting on it. The next one's going to have 22 kids starting on it. When you get to the fourth quarter, you get one team going full speed and the other team going about two thirds. It opens yourself up for injury, and that's an argument someone can make. Scott, I you know I I guess I'm just assuming I, I haven't asked the question, but I'm assuming you guys appealed. Did you guys appeal? We did appeal, yes. And 
Tell us about that process, because last week, again, Aquinas, Tom Lee, they did not appeal. So tell us what you went through in this appeal process. And you being the athletic director, you know, tell us how you strategized with the rest of your administrative team um, to make this appeal. Well, the biggest thing is you got to pick your battles, you know, and I decided that we should focus on three, um, three major issues. And our first one was um, us being on par, you know, with the division that we're in, Um, that majority of our teams in our conference play in division five. Um, and additionally, you know, looking at our playoff history um, in our program, we only won more than one playoff game on two occasions since 2007. You know, and four of those nine appearances, we did not win a single game. So in spite of our two years where we had an incredible amount of success, prior to that and after that, we never won more than one game. And a lot of times we didn't win a game at all. So, you know, we're, we let's say that we are properly placed in the division where we did, where we um, belong, uh, decline enrollment for us, you know, is a big thing. And in, in addition to that, you know, Mabel's kind of, we're kind of a hub, you know, we're, we're a community that's, we're not sitting in the middle of nowhere. We, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty close to Madison, Milwaukee and the Fox Valley, but at the same time, we're not really a destination place where if you have a family that lives in one of those, in those areas, they're not necessarily going to move to Mabel. So we have a hard time drawing people into our area in order to give us an opportunity to grow. So, you know, there's probably, if I can remember, there's like eight or nine different categories that you can use to appeal. And, you know, I think you can water it down and you you kind of ruin your argument. We focus on three and then we had to go through and, and give artifacts to back that evidence up and had to go to my superintendent and have them have him back it up and support it. And I'm assuming your superintendent did. Of course. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when your appeal was denied, how, how did the WIAA let you know that? I mean, what, what was their process of letting you know that your appeal was denied and did they give any feedback? I mean, did they say, Oh, if you would have said this, or if you would have made, you know, did they give you any idea? Or was it just a no? It was just a no, no, given in an email saying they received the appeal and it was declined. And I was pretty much left at that. Tom? I I don't think that they had intentions of granting any appeals going into this. Like, that's just kind of what I've gotten from this whole thing. I think there's teams that had some pretty decent arguments as to why, you know, Scott's being team being one of them. Um but I, I don't think that they had any intentions of denying any or of, of granting any appeals going into this. I think it was kind of a rubber stamp outside of that one incident where the girls volleyball expanded to five divisions. And instead of the team moving up two divisions, they dropped them down to five, which was their level, and then moved them up one division to four rather than to three, which is what they would have gone up had they not appealed. But just I, I hate to say it like that, but I just don't think that they had any intentions i don't know what would have won an appeal with everybody who has appealed this one i don't know what would have won one it doesn't seem like anything would have yeah i agree with you i i think uh the, the decision was made i don't care what is said on these appeals we're not going to grant them because as soon as you do that you know you got to justify why you said this school got it and this school didn't you know and the fact that the WIAA wouldn't even 
you know, publicly state who are the schools that appeal. Like they wouldn't even say it. So, yeah, I mean, and, and again, this is to me, and I've done this a long time. This is kind of how the WIAA operates and, and they just kind of do what they want to do. And they've got a system in place that just supports whatever decision they make. It's just, that's just my experience. Um, Paul, you've been around a while. What, what are your experiences well, with this? I really think this comes from open enrollment and private schools. That's where I think it is. And you go in rural communities, much like uh, the, you know, Mayville is, is the open enrollment doesn't really affect them. They're not getting people going to Mayville because they want to play sports. Where Tom is in Alaska has a better chance of people moving. There, there's schools that are three miles apart and they can, they can have open enrollment. And especially if you're a private school in a metropolitan area like Regis, they get kids that are coming from 25, 30 miles away. There's no geographical boundaries in a private school. And so I think one of the things that people need to look at is that open enrollment, transferring, things like that are different in rural communities, smaller schools than they are in metropolitan areas. Scott, do you guys have open enrollment at Mabel? We do have open enrollment, yep. And and like you said, it's it's pretty it's pretty minimal. I mean, we might have some uh, some individuals living on the borders of of close by communities. You know, they go from one to another. But yeah, you're right. You know, there's there's rarely any students that are going to go from one school to the other for sports. That's for sure. Tom, and, and my and my idea with that whole appeal thing mm -hmm. is like I you know being at the WIA regional meeting and when they talked about an appeal, I mean. My first thought was, why do we have to have an appeal? You know, something like this should be black and white. You either reach a standard or you don't. And I, I can't really understand what they would, could possibly do to accept an appeal. So I can't say I was really optimistic that we were ever going to pass it. Tom? If, if DPI numbers are correct, 12.8% of Mayvale's open enrollment. Um, high school, that's the high school. We're at 16% at Alaska. So kind of kind of gives you an idea of, of where you're at. Now, again, that's if the if the DPI numbers from the school report cards are correct. And I, you know, I have and we've talked to at least I have mentioned this before previously on another podcast we've done. I think open enrollment has to be looked at. Like we don't in Wauwatosa, we have open enrollment, but our open enrollment kids have come in in the elementary school you know they've been with us for some of them for for 12 grades you know um, but we don't have open enrollment at the high school level so it's not like somebody who's a, a freshman can just decide to come to Wauwatosa East you know again our students have been with us for uh, you know a pretty long time um, whereas there's other high schools where you can get in any year you know and 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 I know that and, and we all know that uh, you know there are some schools out there who um, athletically are, are are making it in in part because of the open enrollment policies that they have and they're very liberal compared to to other schools. So yeah, that's to me that's one of those holes in this whole thing that um, you know has to be looked at. I mean, the WIA has to take a deep dive in that. And I can tell you, having been a part of the football advisory for a really long time, whenever 
um, that multiplier for private schools would come up at one of those meetings, the first thing they would say, um, the WIA people, Wade Lebecki, whoever, well, what about open enrollment? You know, if the private schools have this, what, you know, how do we count open enrollment? You know, so it's just one of those things that's out there that's very difficult to define and to make judgments on. But none of that really seems to apply um, to you, Scott, because it is what it is. And you guys will be playing, um, you know, up next year in the playoffs. And, um, you know, again, you should, it should only be a one-year thing for you, correct? I'm trying to think this formula now. I mean, you had, you we had, depending on what we do this year. Um, well, if, we make yeah. it, if we make it to state again, then, you well, know. Well, that's true. I mean, I, yeah, I get right. I'm not, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm certainly not implying that you don't have a chance of, of making it to state again. But should you not, um, then it would be just a, a one year type of thing. So I got to ask you, Scott, you know, you, you, you talked about your administrative team and your strategy for the appeal. Um, and you kind of mentioned with your players, you know, wear it as a badge of honor, but, uh, you know, where were your parents at with this? I mean, I, I you know, sometimes you have very vocal parents who are very opinionated and, and want to get involved in this type of thing. Um, you know, what was your parent group like? I, you know, actually pretty quiet. I mean, I've had some minor discussions with people just trying to understand the basis of it. I'm very clear with them that, you know, again, like I said earlier, I agree that there should be some changes. I'm, you know, I'm in favor of, you know, of a, some kind of performance factor. Right. Um, but I don't really see a whole lot of complaining, you know, coming from my parents, but, you know, at the same time, we just, you know, say, Hey, this is our, this is our destiny. This is what we're dealt with. We can't complain about it. You know, we can't feel sorry for ourselves. We just have to go live with it right? Um, and see what happens. And we got to make the best of it. And the last message I want to send to our team is that we have no hope now, you know, right. Right. Um, and let's just focus on what we can control. And what we control right now is getting ourselves ready for next season and, and doing our best in, in our first games and through the conference. And then once we get to the playoffs, we'll, we'll see where it takes us. You know, and, and you just said a mouthful there and I agree with you. And, and I've always said, you know, if a coach makes a big deal out of something, guess what? It becomes a big deal, you know? So you, you have to, regardless of how you feel about it, but you can't like publicly um, go out there and do exactly what you said, coach, you know, in that well, we don't stand a chance, you know, that's not the truth at all. You know, and uh, looking at history of Mabel, I don't know, was it the 93, 94 team that won state? Did you have 90. a couple? I, I was I was the recipient of two state championship losses in 91, 92, and 94. Got back and got it done. Okay, and the reason I bring that up, and again, I'm a guy who's you know into Mabel and knows the tradition of the high school and the athletic programs, especially football there. That 94 team at Mabel, in my opinion, could have beaten anybody in the state, um, regardless of the size of school. That was an outstanding team. You know, and so, yeah, things can happen where you can certainly step up and, and uh, um, you know, beat teams much, much bigger than yourself. Um, but it Paul, takes a lot. Yeah. yeah. It takes a lot of luck and a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, Paul? Well, I, I think in the years to come, this is going to become 
a little bit more of a hot topic because and the concept is great. They're trying to create an even playing field and 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 it's a start. But again, Tom, I hope the WIA doesn't do what they've normally have done. Status quo, we're not changing. I hope that committee has a tendency to listen to people, and it's going to probably be more heated in basketball yeah. than it is going to be in football. Yeah. Tom, any last thoughts uh, for you? Uh, no. You, well, actually, I shouldn't say no and then start to have a last thought. But, um, <laughs> you know, the, the thing I want people to remember that are listening to this is that this is a WIAA thing. This is not a WFCA thing. Um as much as we wish we had control over this and that we had our hand on the button that makes the changes on this, uh, we, we don't. And it's, we, we can try to be a voice, but uh, we're not the deciding factor of it. So when you have complaints about this, um, just make sure you're directing them at the right thing. It's not, uh, it's not Brian Comiskey and the pres- president, the WFCA or, or the board that can make this change. It's your ADs. It's your, uh, people that are voting at those WIA uh, meetings that can voice this. Um, because as I did those surveys and I had a lot of people responding on them saying this, it's it's like, hey, I hear you. I agree with you, but we we can't make the change. It's got to be the WIA um, as much as we wish we had control over a lot of these things. Scott, one last question for you. And you mentioned that it needs to be refined or whatever, however you said that. If you were in charge and you were asked to put together a tournament, uh, tournament performance factor that is fair for everybody, what would that look like? Well, um, for myself, personally, I would say raise the point total. And I think I would put a stipulation on there that before you can move up, you would have to have won a state title. And, and that's, that's just for football where I'm kind of sitting and, you know, I guess you could, I could go for basketball too, but you know, this goes deeper than, than, you know, the sports that, that get the most, um, let's say attention, you know, and we have a situation like with cross country. I mean, I think anytime, when you come up with something new, you, you got to kind of take a time to say, we're going to, we're going to try it out and let's see how we can refine it. And I think the WIA really has to be open to that. Um, they have to read the room and, and know what kind of stress this puts on some communities, like an example of cross country. I mean, that's just, it, it's not easy for small schools to find coaches. I just went on a search for a volleyball coach and a basketball coach. And I'll tell you what, it's not, not the 1980s anymore where you get 30 to 100 applicants. You're getting a couple, and they're hard to find. And you have a small community that has a cross-country program. You got one coach. And there's some cross-country programs out there. that They have their boys and girls going in two different directions. And that puts a lot of stress in that individual in that program. So you just got to take an opportunity to look at things like that and say, oh, you know, I never really thought about that. Um, what can we do to refine it and make it a little better? I don't think it's a proposal that needs to be scratched. I think it just needs to be refined and just, it's okay to sit back and say, you know what, we, we put our best foot forward. We came up, we thought it made sense. You know what? We're seeing that there's some areas that we can do to improve it. That's not admitting failure. That's just, you know, looking yourself in the mirror and say, yeah, I can do better. And, and I think, um, 
you know, the people on the committee. And like I say, I thank them for, thank them for their time. The amount of work that goes into stuff like this is incredible. I'm certainly not doing it. I'm not going to criticize anybody, but um, you know, I think it's, it's okay to, for all of us to humble ourselves and say, you know, let's take a look at it and see what we can do better. Well, Scott, I have to say that, um, you know, you are as gracious as Tom Lee was, even though you did file an appeal. Um, you know, you, you are very forthright with your thoughts and, and you're certainly not throwing arrows at anybody. But at the same time, you've made some very valid points that, that I hope is taken into consideration uh, moving forward with with a competitive balance plan. So um, I want to thank you, Scott, for being on. And, hey, next time I'm in Mayville, do you mind if I look you up? You absolutely should. And we'll call Tom Nettig. He can come down, too. Oh, perfect. At the uh, American uh, Legion? Sounds like a great place, yep. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Scott, thank you so much. And I hope you're having a great off season and I hope all your sports teams are, are doing well at Mayville. I know how hard you work. And uh, once again, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys for, you know, for everything. And, you know, I got to meet all three of you at different times in my life. That's a great thing about, about coaching in this day and age. So thank you guys for the time. It's been a real pleasure. You bet. And, and Paul and, and Tom, once again, thank you for, you know, everything you do for this podcast. Without you guys, this wouldn't happen. Um, so, I, I, again, I appreciate that so much. And, and to our listeners, thank you for listening. And, you know, as always, if you've got thoughts or comments or you've got topics that you want us to cover, um, please reach out to myself or Paul or, or Tom. And, and, you know, we will certainly take into consideration um, with whatever you've got on your mind. So um, with that, I'd like to say good night, everyone, and have a great rest of the week.